Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Robert Morris hosts pastor and New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn. Listen as they unpack why it's important to study what Scripture has to say about the end times as they discuss current events and signs of spiritual revival. Okay, so I I remember the first time that I ever heard of you was because of The Harbinger. I mean, that was a book that God put his hand on. And it was just, and and it went all over the body of Christ, around the world. Um, And now, obviously, you're several books in. You've got a new book, The Book of Mysteries. Tell me, because you're writing, God's put a touch on you. Tell me about the new book. Tell me about any any of the books. Yeah. If you want to start at the Harbinger and go through some of the yeah, books. Yeah, well, the Harbinger was first, then, then the Mystery of the Shemitah, then the Book of Mysteries, which now TBN is, uh, there's, a, there's a program on that too. Um, that's still going out. So you're, I mean, you're on TBN right here. Yeah. 4.30 Eastern. A few different times, yeah. Okay, they're right. actually changing it, but they did a great job. So, yeah, that, that's the mysteries of God. I mean, there's so many mysteries. There's no end to it. Um, so the, the Book of Mysteries, and I, I believe we'll touch on it because it's linked to also the Jewish roots that are, are often missing. You know, the paradigm is the last one. That's kind of like the harbinger. You know, the harbinger is the signs that were given in the fall of Israel and that we are watching in America, the sign, warning signs. Yeah. Amazingly. The paradigm is that the events that are happening are also we're replaying this thing that happened at, uh, at the fall of Israel and even that our leaders be, be actually behind every leader. There's an ancient prototype and they're following it. It even gives how long they're going to have on the national stage. I mean, each one. I mean, that's a, crazy. But the thing is, and then the last one there is, well, with the leader is Jehu. God raises up a, a man who is wa- kind of wild. He's not a politician. Um, he comes out of the blue. People kind of think he's crazy. And yet he's used by God to open a window, to keep a window of time. You know, there's a fall going on, but he ends up being this unlikely man who keeps aware in this window right now, right wow. now where we are in America. We are in a window of time. Um, and it's not about Donald Trump. It's not about agreeing or not. It's simply that that's where we are. And we have religious freedom, but things are going fast. Things are happening very fast. And the point of the window is that we have revival. If we don't have revival, America goes, that's you know. It. And so that's where we are. And right now, we haven't seen it yet. I mean, as far as what we need to see. And we're watching kind of the dark getting worse. We're watching laws passed we could never have imagined before. I mean, it's, it's not about just tolerating what is wrong. It's about stamping out what is right. That's where we are right now. You know, I won't go into detail, but New York, what they just did there and, yeah. and lit up the World Trade Center, you know, and celebrating it. That's one, the World Trade Center is one of the nine harbingers, you know. Um, another sign, I'll just, because uh, I know this, we're not going to get so prophetic right now, but another sign that the harbingers have not stopped, and that is that there's a sign called the Arch of Baal. This is a sign of Baal. It has appeared in America now. It's appeared in New York City. Um, when they had the Kavanaugh hearings, you know, uh, where the, a lot of focus was life and abortion. Well, it appeared in, New, in, in Washington, the, the, right on the mall in front of the Capitol building, just when they had the hearings. That's a sign of a nation that has known God but has been turning away. So we have to pray for revival. And so what, what specifically is the Arch of Baal? The Arch of Baal is the actual recreation of the arch from the Middle East, which they walked through to worship Baal. And that was that in the election, the presidential election of uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton in New York City, it appeared in the, at the, as it headed to its climax. Then when the Kavanaugh hearing happened, it appeared on the Washington Mall. I mean, the, the Arch of Baal. You know, interesting thing. I'll just show you. This is in the paradigm. And just a, a quick thing. When Jehu rose up and he went to the capital city, 
he basically destroyed the Temple of Baal. That was used to kill babies, basically. You know, he destroyed it. When, when, so now Donald Trump is a Jehu to America. And so as soon as he began his rise, this is two months after he announced his presidency, his, his, his candidacy, there's a one ancient temple of Baal that still exists in the world, pretty much. It's in the Middle East. Two months after he did, the Temple of Baal collapsed. <laughs> collapsed. When, when Jehu rises, the Temple of Baal collapses. But, now, but there's a war going on here, you know, about life in America. We're, on the, we're, on, we're yeah. in, in the balance, you know. And if you turn away from God, what happens when a nation turns away from God? In some way, they're going to follow the spirit of Baal. That's, that is this. That is the life of babies. It is also sexual immorality. It is also materialism. We're watching it all, you know. So this is a crucial time. And if we are living in those days, then we, the people, People of God have to rise up in the spirit of Elijah. This is the time for Elijah. Yeah, so God is looking for Elijah. The dark's getting darker. The, the lights have to get brighter. We, yeah. we cannot be intimidated. We cannot, we cannot be in fear. This is our moment. But are we going to rise? Are we going to be that person that we are supposed to be? Well, listen, I want to go for greatness. I mean, we want to, you know, we're, you know, God is great, but, but we need to become that that people of God that God has called, put us in our mother's womb for this time. And it's not that we should fear the end times. You know, if, if, God, if God didn't want us in the end times, he would have put us in the Middle Ages. <laughs> he chose for us to be here now for such a time as this. this. We have to rise to the calling. Tell me the name of the latest book again. The Paradigm. The Paradigm. paradigm. So, and I just want to encourage you, if you're watching, Jonathan Kahn, if you've never read one of his books, or if you've read one before, you need to get it. Because you, it, it, your books held me spellbound because there's an anointing on you to write books. There's just an anointing. And there's an anointing on you to see. Um, it's for me, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly as a Gentile, the sons of Issachar. Mm. But it says that they knew the times and they yes. knew what Israel should do. Yes. And uh, Israel, obviously, there's the nation of Israel and we're grafted in. So I don't right. believe in replacement theology. But I do believe it could be a type of the church or a type right. of God's That's people. Right. So, right. so what, what the sons of Issachar did was they understood the times and they understood what the people of God should do during those times. That's right. And I think that that anointing is on you. I, I've not seen that anointing on any man uh, in our day as I've seen it on you. And I'm not comparing you to others. I'm commending you. I well, just want God's, you to know that. So, by God's grace. So thank, I would encourage you. that. But I got—I have a yeah. question for you. Uh, so you're Jewish, obviously. I you're think, Jewish. With this face? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're, you're Jewish. Yes. Yet you believe in yes. Jesus as Gentile, but it would be the Greek pronunciation, but Yeshua. Yes. Who, who was also Jewish. Yes. And a lot of Jewish people don't even know he was Jewish. That's right. I mean, so how did a good Jewish boy become a believer in Yeshua? Yeah, I don't know if I was a good Jewish boy, but okay. I was a Jewish boy. Okay. Right. But yeah, well, that, yeah. Well, first of all, when I, you know, I was raised in a Jewish home, went to synagogue, you know, was was reading for bar mitzvah, all that. My my father escaped Hitler, you know, um, came in there. They, my parents were both scientists, you know, wasn't very religious, but enough to celebrate all those things. But when I was eight years old, I was in the synagogue, and I'm I'm hearing about I'm reading about the God of the Bible who moved and said, go, and this, and, and showed himself. But I looked in the synagogue, I didn't see his presence there. I didn't see the God of David or Isaiah. I didn't see it. So I said, you know what? There's no God. So I became an atheist. So this, I was eight years old. I became an atheist. So, <laughs> so eight years old. And, and, and so that, that lasted. But after a while, you know, I, I said, wait a minute. 
atheism doesn't work. I started losing faith in atheism because it, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be something. So I started seeking what the truth is. So I started reading every book I could on everything from, from Nostradamus, you know, uh, uh, religion, science, you know, UFOs, you know, charity, all this. And one day, I, I pick, I'm about 12 years old, 13. I pick up a book. I thought it was a UFO book. I thought it was, but it, it looked like it. it. They made that book that year look like it, and God <laughs> fooled me because it was the late great planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. Oh. All, God uh -oh. tricked me, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so I said, wow, wow, you know, I'm reading about Jesus. I said, I read about Jesus in the UFO books. I mean, you know, he's everywhere, you know. So, so it's like God got me through the back door and saying, wow, I didn't know the Bible, what it said, everything it said is coming true. Israel is back, all these, I had no idea of it. So I'm telling my friends about it. I'm preaching. Now, I'm not, I'm not a believer. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, so, I'm not saved, I'm, but I'm telling, I'm, I'm in, I'm, now I'm in high school, and we have preach uh, speak, speech class and I'm preaching the gospel to them I'm preaching the end times and all but I'm not I'm not following it I had a rock band I had yeah, I did what you know what teenagers do yeah. um, and I didn't want to live it because I, I said you know what I, I figure if I live it I have to give up everything good I have to join a monastery and that's the end of my life so so I made I made a deal with God I said God if you give me a long life I'll accept you when I'm on my deathbed that, that was the thing. So, so you see, you know, it's Jewish to make deals, but, yeah, but, but God's better at it than we are, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, right he's really good. <laughs> he's really good. So right after I, I said that, I almost got killed twice. And the first time was a car accident. It was a miracle. And second time, I'm in a, a Ford Pinto, which used to blow up. You touch them, they blew up. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm heading... I'm heading to a train track. It's at night, and the lights going on, like the train, you know. But there's, but the cars are crossing, so well, maybe it's broken, or maybe they pass. I said, let me check. So I go up, I look, and I see a light. It's the train, you know. But I don't realize there's no protection, and it's on an angle. It's a bumpy road. I didn't know where I was. I was in the path of the train. Wow. So I'm waiting for that. I said, you know what? Maybe I'm too close. So let me just try to back. But now there's headlights in back of me. I said, okay, well, oh. just back. So I back up just about a foot. But I thought I'm just being safe. I'm still in the path of the train. Wow. I'm waiting for the train to come. The train comes, plows into the Ford Pinto. Wow. The only thing I could do at that moment was call out to God. The car was destroyed totally. I didn't get a scratch. I said, Lord, can we renegotiate? <laughs> and so I said, I said, here's a new deal. I said, I'll accept you when I turn 20. Just, just <laughs> Just, I wanted anything you I could get. Just a few more years. <laughs> I said, just don't kill me until then, okay? So, so, so on my 20th birthday, which is about eight months away, my 20th birthday, I didn't know how to get saved. I didn't know. I mean, I was listening to Christian television, Christian radio. I, I went up. I remember God met Moses on a mountain, Elijah. So I found a mountain, went up to the top of the mountain, kneeled down on, on the rock, and gave my life to the Lord. That's how I wow. came to the Lord. Only cause of a train. You know, it says that Jews demand signs. I needed a train. That's how stubborn I was. But but that's why I got saved that's from incredible. from that. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. I'm the least likely person, Robert. I mean, for anybody who knew me back then, I'm the least likely person. That's incredible. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Wow. Okay, so see. now, here you are, uh, uh, yeah. author. Uh, the um, I was trying to remember the name of the Hope of the Hope of the World. Hope of the World is the outreach ministry. The outreach ministry, yeah. yeah. And then Beth Israel. Beth Israel is the is the congregation at the Jerusalem Center in uh, anybody. If you, if you guys are ever in Wayne, New Jersey, right outside New York City, we're there Friday night, Sunday morning. So it's Jew and Gentile. We're talking about it. Say Jew yeah. and Gentile, yeah. one in Messiah. You yeah. know, and and it's and we celebrate the holidays. You know, but but celebrate Jesus, Yeshua. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask yeah. you about. So it seems like. No other time in history yeah. have Jews and Gentiles come together yes. like they are now. Like you talk yes. about living in biblical times. Yes. 
I mean, in the last 20 years, 40 years, right. I, 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 it's right. more than ever. What, what do you think about that's this? Right, that's right. Total, totally. I mean, I mean, we, we, we are seeing things that generations of Christians prayed for. I mean, you know, and it's all part, it, it, it's, a, it's a prophetic thing because, see, for two, you know, 2,000 years ago, if we were back in Bible times, those, those Bible times, yeah. it would have it been together. It was all, you know, all the yeah. first believers were Jewish and then it was Jew and Gentile and they called them Yeshua. And the, the biggest, the biggest uh, controversy is do you have to be circumcised to believe? in Jesus. I mean, that's how Jewish it was. I mean, you know, you know, it's the opposite of the world. You know, I grew up saying the one thing you can't believe in is Jesus. You know, you can be, you can be into uh, yoga, you can be into atheism, you can be into anything you want, but the one thing you can't believe in... As a is, Jewish person. As a Jewish, the one person you can't believe, yeah, is, is, is this rabbi. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Rabbi, this one who, because if you do, you won't be Jewish. And I said, well, wow, he must be very powerful if you can turn a Jewish person who, into a non-Jew. That's, he must be the Messiah yeah. just to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, I said, but, but it's, it's the most Jewish thing in the world. I didn't realize this. When I started, when, when I started opening up, you know, uh, the Bible, we had a, we had a, only the Hebrew scriptures. I said, it says, it says Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. I said, that, that, that's Catholic. How did they get into our thing? Bethlehem. Yeah. He's going to come on a donkey. He's going to die for our sins. Isaiah 53. That's, how did they get into our Bible? And so I said, what, this is Jewish? Yeah. The most Jewish thing I ever did in my life. Yeah. So, so the thing is that, the thing is that 2,000 years ago was all together. But then it split. Then it split. And that's the problem. Yep. Jewish people, most Jewish people didn't receive, even though all the first believers were, they, they went this way. But the church also lost. It yeah. wasn't just the Israel right. that lost. Right. The church lost its roots. The yeah. church lost its, its, its heritage. It lost the destiny. It lost its identity as, you know, listen, it, you know, if, you're, if you're born again today, I've been talking to everybody, you're born, you are Jewish. You are spiritually Jewish. That, that's not just, that's not hype. The Bible says you are a citizen of Israel more than you're anything else. I mean, on the outside, you may look one way, but you are a child of Abraham. That is, it's the most Jewish thing in the world. I mean, yeah. it's this thing called Christianity. It means the faith of Messiah. That's what Christianity means. So what's happened is what was separated is, be, is coming back together, yeah. you know, and it started with, you know, the end times are days of return. And so you got the, so first thing it said, the Bible says the Jewish people are going to return to Israel. So they've returned to Israel, just like it says. It says they're going to return to Jerusalem. So they, they return to Jerusalem. It says they're going to return to him. Jesus said, I'm not coming again, guys, you know, until you, Jewish right. people say, Baruch haba b'ashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, all that's happening. So it's not just the, the physical return. Yeah. It's a spiritual return. Yeah. And if the Jewish people are returning, that means the church has to return. That's why we are seeing things that have not been seen for 2,000 years. The fact is, I mean, you can go to churches now and you see the shofar is blown. What yeah. is that? That yeah. never happened before. Yeah. Yeah. They call them Yeshua. They have Passovers. Yeah. You, never before has this, since the book of Acts, have not only Jewish people coming, but have Christians been so joined to Israel, so loving Israel. Your gateway is a, is a perfect example of it blessing Israel. You, and and you, this has been an inspiration to many churches to bless Israel. And you've we been blessed. We even have a messianic service. The right. first yeah. service we have every month yeah. is a Messianic Jewish service. Yeah. First service. It's the first service. Because one of the reasons, Romans 1.16, yeah. not ashamed of the gospel, power of God to salvation, everyone who believes, to the Jew first. It, and it's even our mission statement. Yeah. It's to the Jew first. So okay. But Donya Greenberg, she and her husband Mark, I met them a few years ago, and I just have to say, obviously, immediately we fell in love with them. We fell in love with the project that God put on their heart. This is, and I, just to give you a little bit, and I'll tell you about it later because we're going to make it available for you, but it's the Tree of Life version of the Bible. It's a brand new version of the Bible, but I'm going to let her tell you about it. You're going to be blown away. Will you please welcome Donya Greenberg? Donya Greenberg. Thank you. I'm so glad, to be, glad to be here. Thank you.
So, okay, so I told them a little bit about this, the Tree of Life version. It's already become a bestseller of a new version of the Bible, which is amazing in just yes. a few years. Uh, and I'll tell the story about how I heard about it and how Gateway Church got involved in the King's University. But you, you tell, I mean, how did this come about? What, what, what happened? I just wanted my kids to love the Bible the way that I did. I met the Lord and uh, in my college years, uh, believe it or not, in a jail cell is where I finally gave my life to God. And I had a stolen Bible that I first started to learn about the Lord with. <laughs> and it really did. And I, um, I read the words that said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I felt like if, if he could save people all those years, that, that he had a plan for my life. So I came to faith in college. But then I turned right around and married a Jewish guy. And this Jewish guy and I wanted to get married, and we found Jonathan Burnus, a friend of ours, right, a mutual friend. And um, when we began to really look at the Jewish roots of our faith, and my husband is a Messianic rabbi, I began to learn about how to study the Bible. But then when my child came home from school and said, Mom, why do the Jews hate Jesus? I said, I stopped, like in my tracks, and I was like, okay, we have a problem. And what I realized is that what my children were hearing, um, their dad preach Messiah Yeshua, like mm. Messianic rabbis do, right, sure. on the pulpit, sure. was not what he was reading on the page. Yeah. And children, if they read it on the page, they think it in their mind. So we were creating a disparity. So I got my little tin cup out, and I went to all my Messianic friends one by one and said, would you please help us create a Bible for children? And now 10 years later, there's a Messianic Jewish translation of the Bible with yeah. Jews and Christians and that's, together. And that's the, that's the key thing. I mean, you start out for children, but it was so for Jewish people to be able to read the scriptures translated by Jewish people. That's right, Jewish believers in Messiah and we, and Translate is the word because we believe the Bible is inerrant. We believe the Bible is inspired and available. Right. But what we mean by that uh, is the original language. Was the, the original versions, the original was inspired. That's why we have different versions. That's I've right. had people say before, well, Pastor Robert, why do you read from different versions? Because they are translations. And so right. there was no translation. There wasn't. By Jewish scholars. In other words, Jesus, it was called Jesus because King James and because the Greeks called, that was right. his name. Even James the disciple, which I named one of my sons James, and then found out later that he was actually Jacob. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And, and it really disappointed my son that his name wasn't really in the Bible, that King James just put his, wanted, wanted his own <laughs> name in the Bible. Okay. But so for your children reading the Bible, they were reading about Mary, not Miriam. That's they right. They were reading about James, not Jacob. And so this is kind of what happened. And you got all these Jewish scholars together. Yeah, 32 of them, 32 believe it or not. Yeah. Jewish scholars to translate the scripture from That's a right. Jewish standpoint. Yet it is a translation of the scripture. It's from, it is the, yes, from it is. the original document. From the Masoretic text, yeah. yeah. And the 27 Nesalalon of the Greek. And so when we went back and did this Bible, so my dream was just, I mean, all I wanted to do was let's just, let's just use Messiah Yeshua instead of the words Jesus Christ, so that my kids would understand. Sure. But then as we started the journey, I found out that Christian Bibles um, have a different order to the books, and the original Jewish order actually ends in Chronicles, not in Malachi. And when I realized that, it, that when you end in Malachi, the, it, it ends with the words, or utter destruction, <laughs> which is like a hard way to get Jewish people to read the Bible, just yeah. for the record. Yeah. But
But when you restore the Jewish order of the books to the end of Second Chronicles, the promise of God is amazing because it's actually King Cyrus that welcomes the Jews, right, to rebuild their temple and to let them go up and worship God. And that's the miracle of this translation is this is the first time in 2,000 years that Jewish believers in Messiah Yeshua got to the place of theological advancement alongside their Christian brothers to create a biblical text together, unified as one voice. And that's really a miraculous answer to the things that Jonathan's been bringing up the whole show. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the way I heard about it was I was serving on the board of the King's University, yes. the university that Dr. Jack Hayford founded. And uh, I just spent a day with uh, Pastor Jack just a few weeks ago. And uh, anyway, he heard about it. And one of the things I think that the way he heard about it was that y'all were asking the King's University to be like an endorsing university for the version. Right. But in the process, uh, somewhere along the line, it came that you still needed about $250,000 to complete the, the, the manuscript. And so uh, he felt strong. Pastor Jack has just done this a long time. I just want to try to go to my friends now, take my tin cup like you did, and see if we can do that. So he came to the board, and he said, I'd like for the King's University to do it, but I don't want anyone here. You don't have to do it. We don't have to do a money project. I just feel like I could call some people. Well, when he said that, I thought, well, we want to be a part of Gateway mm -hmm. Church. You know? Praise God. So I went back to the elders, and here's the elders, and we're all Gentiles, but the elders, well, we're, we're uh, by, <laughs> been, been through faith. Right. Grafted we got grafted in. in. We got grafted in. That's right. Uh, by birth, Gentile. Right. Uh, by, by second birth, uh, Jewish. Okay. Yes. So, but our elders said, well, man, what a blessing to be able to get involved in this. Let's just do the whole thing. That was amazing. And so Gateway Church, yeah, we just donated the, the last quarter of a million dollars that you needed to be able to get involved in this. And I can remember when I got a copy, and you gave it to me personally, when I got a copy of it, I started reading and I couldn't put it down. It, it's like, you know, I've read this before. Right. <laughs> I recognize this. Right. But I didn't think about it in that way. That's right. So it, it's phenomenal. It's a great way to say it. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to say it. When you guys invited, um, you know, when Pastor Jack invited me to uh, share with him my heart, it was because I, I knew I had one of those Esther moments. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I had been, I've been asking the Lord, what do I do? We got the New Testament done, but we had no money to do the Old Testament. And by now, I've got the whole communities excited. And every conference I went to, so Danya, when are you going to finish the Bible? So when's the Bible going to get done? And I'm smiling, and there's, there's like a lot left to do. And I, I wasn't sure what to do, so I prayed about it. I went to see Rabbi Dan Juster, a friend of yours, a friend of mine. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. And I said, Rabbi Dan, I said, I believe I, I, I really need to reach out. And I said, he said, well, you might want to, you might want to talk to Pastor Jack. And I'd never, you know, gotten to know Pastor Jack. So when I went, so he got me an appointment. That's all he did was crack the door open and get me an appointment. I had a 15 minute, a 15 minute slot with Pastor Jack. I brought him the new covenant. I sat across from him in his desk, at his desk in his office. And he began to unpack for me his love for the Jewish people and his walk with Israel for decades of faith. Mm -hmm. The stuff that, that Gateway has been brought up on um, is because of Pastor Jack's personal walk right. with Jewish people in Israel that love God. And as he began to share his heart with me about it, um, I, I had a straight up word from God. I'd never delivered a word from God to somebody important like that before. 
but he and I had, we sat for almost three hours talking about the way that God loved the Jewish people and how much they needed to know the message of Messiah. And it ministered to my spirit in a way that I was, I had not ever, I had never had. He has such a heart for, for women of faith believing God for miracles. And that's what we have to be able to tell moms today, the people watching today, is that we're believing God for a miracle in this country. We need a miraculous return to the Bible yes. in our generation. Yes. Yep. We need revival that starts yep. in the hearts of the mothers who are concerned about their children. And that's the whole reason the Bible Society started. But now a decade in, we have important messages to tell our children that are getting, that are getting drowned out by, by virtual reality. When there's a real reality, a real kingdom yeah. that's yeah. taking place. Yeah. And we need to alert our children about that today. Yeah. And that's why this is such a miraculous yeah. and product. That's, and it's the Bible that does it. I, I started exactly a series right. last spring um, called More Than Words. Yes. And went into the Bible and how yes. important the Bible is. And yes. I actually said the next attack you're going to see in our country will be against the Bible. Mm. And that's the reason right. is because we don't have to discuss issues anymore. Mm -hmm. If they can just discredit this as just a book, a, a book of literature instead of God's Word. That's right. And just a few weeks after I said that, GQ magazine comes out and lists the, the top 20 books, best-selling books of all time you don't need to read, and they put the Bible on the list. Mm. Now think about that. Of course, to me, I mm. thought it was kind of a joke. If you're trying to figure out which book to read, why would you read a fashion magazine? Mm. I mean, what made them experts yeah, on really? which books? Yeah, really, exactly. You know, I mean, it was crazy, right. but it's an attack in well. So here, um, Jonathan, you're sitting here. You're a Messianic rabbi. You're an author. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm going to say this, and, I, and you'll understand how I'm saying it. You're known, really, as a leader around the world, and that's something God does. That's not something you, you or I feel proud about. We just know God gives us a platform to use it. So right. from the platform God's given you, I mean, what do you think about the Tree of Life version of the Bible and, and this process of, you know, Jewish well, translation? Well, it's crucial. Um, the, as you said, I mean, rightfully, the Bible's under attack, under one. And the other thing we're talking about is what has been separated, what's been lost. You know, every believer, I mean, true believer, loves Jesus, loves Yeshua. So the more, when you bring back these things, you're bringing back, this is part of him, you know. So, so... I mean, when we, we have people come out on Friday nights or Sunday morning, it's because they love, it's not just, it, they, they want everything they can about the Lord. So these, these are, it's like putting back what has been lost. So it's part of what has to be. I mean, th these are days of, while, while in the world things are going crazy, you know, the, the end times mm -hmm. are, you have dark, but you have light too. You know, it's polarization. So on the same time, God is restoring. He's restoring Israel. He's restoring the part, uh, aspects of the church. And he is restoring his word. So it's bringing back these things. I mean, to me, I'm blessed to open up a Bible. I mean, listen, Jesus, the name is fine, but his real name was Yeshua. I mean, that's right. not, we didn't make it up. Right. So it brings the riches of these things. So it's part of the restoration. Like we're talking about everything coming back together. That's part of it too. So, uh, so it's a tremendous thing. And, and for everybody who loves the Lord, this is, this is, you want everything about him, you know? So you can't have Jesus and, and divorce everything about Jesus, which yeah. is his family, which is his roots. And it's your heritage too. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. So, okay. So we're yeah. going to keep it. I'm going to come back down in just a minute, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to get the Bible uh, the tree of life version here. Here's the reason why. Um, think about uh, when, when I was growing up, we had the old King James version. We, you know, and King Jacob. Yeah, 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 that's right. And um, I can remember when the new King James came out. I can remember the new American Standard right. came out. Uh, I remember when the new Living Translation and the Living Bible was almost the same 
uh, burden that you had, he wanted to be able to read his Bible to the children, right. to his children. So he never even thought it would, you know, be produced as a Bible. He just wanted his children to learn the Bible. That's right. And so the, you had the Living Bible and um, then the New Living Bible. And the Living Bible is a paraphrase, but the New Living then became a translation. Right. Uh, which means we go back to the original. Okay. But I remember when that came out. I remember when the message came out. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, But it was what's exciting is to read a new version of the Bible because here's what I think we do sometimes. Yeah. When we open up our Bible to read, and we start reading something, our mind says, I've read this before. Fills in the blanks. And if we're not careful, we start thinking about, you know, I need to pick up those clothes from the dry cleaners because they've been there seven weeks now. And I, I keep forgetting, and I, I need to get the oil change. It's been 27,000 miles, not 5,000 miles. <laughs> and, we, and our mind wanders, but we're still reading. And we close our Bible, go to sleep, and don't have the slightest idea what we just read. But when we get a new version, to me, yeah. it just, it, it captivates me. That's what the Tree of Life version did for me. We talk about how God uses people. Jonathan, you talked about Jehu. Mm -hmm. Don, you talked about Cyrus. Mm -hmm. I even thought about Cyrus, how 150 years before Isaiah prophesies about Cyrus and says, my shepherd. And something that a lot of people don't, don't know is Cyrus, when he was born, there was a prophecy that he would overthrow his grandfather. Mm. And so his grandfather actually ordered for him to be killed. So his parents take him out mm. and they meet a shepherd and his wife who had a stillborn baby. Mm. They actually switch babies. They take this stillborn baby back and say, look, this is Cyrus, you know, he's dead. And Cyrus was raised by a shepherd and his wife for the first 10 years of his life. The grandfather felt so bad about it that when he's, he just mourns for 10 years that on his 10th birthday, they said, listen, he's still alive. So they bring him back. And so then Cyrus does become the king then, Persia. He then takes over Babylon where the children of Israel are held captive. But they literally open the scriptures and show him his name in Isaiah right. that was written 150 years before what he would do for the Jewish people. But here's what's amazing. God says, uh, Cyrus, my shepherd. Wow. And that's what got him because he realized God knew him. God knew that he had been raised by shepherds that's the right. first 10 years of his life. That's right. And he then comes back. And, and what I wanted to say about this is that even though here Israel was going through a time of exile, uh, really disciplined from the Lord for seven yeah. years, yeah. yet God was working behind the scenes mm -hmm. With Jehu one time, with Cyrus another time, mm -hmm. many, many times, right. he's still working behind the scenes. And what I want to say to you is, no matter what you're going through right now, and even if you think you're going through a time of discipline or that you dug a hole for yourself, God's still working. He's still got a plan. And that's why I want you to get the Tree of Life version. And that's why I want you to get in Scripture. So, Donya, tell us some more. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm amazed that, that this is a, a wonderful connection to what you just said. I just want to read the end of Second Chronicles to you because it's so inspiring. It says, Now in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, fulfilling the word of Adonai by the mouth of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the last prophet spoken of in the Old Testament. That's the part I love to remember. Adonai stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, Adonai, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever among you of all his people may go up and may Adonai, his God, be with him. 
So the children of Israel returning to be able to go and worship God again is amazing. But when you realize that the promise of the new covenant was given to Jeremiah, the last prophet spoken of, when you return the Jewish order to the canon of scripture, you're returning the new covenant promise to the last thing the Jews remember. And so they're looking for Messiah to come because that's where it says they will all come to know me in Jeremiah 31. Absolutely fantastic. It's just and the best news. I just want to tell you again, I love your zeal for the Lord and I love your yeah. zeal for the word of God you. and your zeal for the next generation. Mm -hmm. We have to teach our children the Bible. It's the only thing that's going to last. That's the only thing that changes lives. I mean, I, I want to pre when I preach, uh, I like to use humor I, I want, because I want people to listen to me. Right. You know, our, our motto in our children's ministry is have fun and learn about God. Right. And some, because if they're not having fun, yeah. they're not learning about God. Yeah. And someone asked me a while back, so what's your motto for, you know, big church, adult church? <laughs> I said it's the same thing. Have fun and learn about God. Right. Because <laughs> it's children. Yeah, because if they're not having children. fun, they're not learning about God. So, so I, yes, I like to present messages in a humorous way. But if I don't fill my messages with the Word of God, nothing's going to happen. That's right. There, no change is going to come about. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, Jonathan, talk about yeah. you, you, what, I mean, what signs are we seeing right now that, you know, when you talk about the, the book of mysteries, we can talk about your latest mm -hmm. book. I mean, what, yeah. what, what's well, going on right well, now well, in our nation and well, in the world? Well, well, we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, we are. We're, we're, we're in the balance, you know, but this, this is, it's good and bad. I mean, the, 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 you see the bad increase, but that's, God will always bring revival. God's never finished. You know, God's never out of ideas. You know, with Jehu, whether it's Cyrus, never, never finished. Um, and so we have to be stronger than ever, and we have to get back to the, the way they were in the New Testament. You know, you know, we, you know in those days, it was, it was an ungodly things all around them. You know, days of Paul, yep. days of Jeremiah. That's, the, that's what we're in now. So, so we have to be more like that. That's what this is part of the restoration of this, this we're saying. I, I thought it'd be good. I'm going to just share some things that, that you would only, you'd miss if you only had the Bible in English. I'm not saying, of course, that's great, but the original is, of course, Hebrew and Greek. Um, I'm going to kind of take some things from the Book of Mystery, but just say why this is so important to, to discover. For instance, I'll give you an example. In Hebrew, okay, the, you, you read things in English, you'd never see this, but in Hebrew, uh, in the Bible, there is no such thing as mercy. Let me explain. There's no, there, in Hebrew, you cannot say mercy. I'll tell you, the word is rachamim. And the word rachamim is not mercy, it's mercies. You cannot say mercy, just mercy. You can't say it. In the Bible, it, it's translated that way, but it's mercies. Why? Because what it's saying is God's mercy, there is no end to it. And no matter, the word for sin is singular. The word for mercy is plural. So however much sin you have, God has far more mercy than you'll ever have sin. Wow. You know, wow. that, that, that's one, one, one example. So is this, is this like the famous scripture of Lamentations? That the mercies of, God of the Lord are new every morning. Yes, yes. I mean, that, that's why. come it, to an end. And, yes, and that's why it's some, some of your Bibles occasionally say. And I've needed plural mercies <laughs> I, in my I, own life. I've I, needed more than one. A little secret. I mean, I've needed that too. You know? <laughs> um, and and, and another, another, another example here. The word Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem. We know, but in Hebrew, it's Yerushalayim. Now Yerushalayim isn't Jerusalem. What it, what it means is, literally, it means Jerusalem's. Literally, you cannot say Jerusalem. You're saying, in fact, the, the ending, Yerushalayim, means 
two Jerusalems. Every time you say Jerusalem, you're saying the two Jerusalems. Why? There's the Jerusalem you see, and then there's the Jerusalem you don't see. Jerusalem that is, the Jerusalem that's coming. The Jerusalem that, that you know, that, that is always, when, that's why when you go to Jerusalem, it's like there's something more, there's something behind this thing. We're all going to be in Jerusalem forever. But also, here's, here's another one. I mean, and, you, and most believers know it, but you don't think Elohim. You know, God, that's not God. It's plural. God plural. What, what does that mean? There's only one God. It means no matter how much we think we know about God, doesn't matter how long we, there's always more. There's always more. You can never, there's, there's always more than you could ever put. What, what, when the Bible, do, when the Hebrew does it, it's saying that the reality behind that word is so big that no matter what you say, it's not, it's not big enough. So that, that's why we have, that's why, that's why heaven is forever, because forever is the time that you need to get to know God, to know God. That's it. And I'll, I'll show you, I'll give you one more. And, and there's other, other things, but one more about this kind of mystery. And that, 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 that kind of, these, this is what it's bringing out. When you read Isaiah 53, it says, it says, with a rich man in his death. We all right, he died, right. It doesn't say that in the Hebrew. What it says is, with a rich man in his deaths. Why that? Well, one, is, is the Hebrew saying that what he went through for us, what Jesus, Messiah, went through for us, you cannot put it in a word. It was beyond death, beyond death. But secondly, it means that it, he didn't just die his death. He died oh, our death. Our death great. is in the Hebrew. That's Your great. death is in the Hebrew. That, that, how great that is. So that's just a little example of what's in the Bible, but you don't see it. You won't and see the, it. And this is out. in the book of mysteries. Yes, the book okay. of mysteries in this. And so, this is what this is about. Yeah. All right, so I'll come back in just a minute. But I want to show you, we have uh, okay. a little clip about the book of mysteries. Because, again, I want to say to you, uh, the more you fill yourself with God's word, the more yes. your life will change. And so many times we have things going on in our life and we're saying, God, please change, please change, please change. And yet the answer is always, always in the Bible. And so I want to just show you this on Jonathan's new book, The Book of Mysteries. We'll be opening up The Book of Mysteries to reveal what lies hidden. It can change the way you live your life. The teacher tells the disciple, come. His teachings were not ordinary. No set time, no set place. It could be triggered by nearly anything. Did you ever wonder why Messiah wore a crown of thorns? This is unique of all the books in the Bible. Do you know the name of God? I don't even know the name. There's a mystery in God and in history. When it comes to the words of the Bible, every word matters. It doesn't say to the Lord belongs mercy. It says to the Lord belongs rahamim, mercies. In the New Testament, we read, we are his workmanship, poyam. Get into being the poem of God. Let your life be written by God. From ancient times, God appointed this exact Date, this exact scripture, the ancient biblical mystery has determined God is real and faithful. He's more powerful than history. Take this now and apply it to your life. This is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom. Absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, and did a great job, you know, putting it's the book, but they made this into it. But there's no end to the mysteries of God, Robert. I mean, no, you know it, yeah, but yeah. it's awesome. God is amazing. It's it's absolutely fantastic. So, Danya, uh, when we talk again, Tree of Life version, things that God uh, showed, and these Jewish scholars, and then even things that you learned through this in your own quest. I know you went on a pretty strong Bible quest yourself. So, to tell me something about that well, God spoke to you about this. I think one of the most important things to do is to remember that we want to make an impact with our families and our children. And so be 
covenant of God, right, that this Bible represents is the blood covenant that we believe happened when Messiah gave his life for us. But that blood covenant started with a promise in a garden to a couple, right? There was a promise that God would defeat sin and death. And in doing so, um, it went from a couple in a garden to that same, to the blood covenant going to Noah, which was to a family, then between generations with Abraham and Sarah, and then from there to Moses at Mount Sinai, to Yeshua, which is an outreach to the world. The five steps of that covenant is an expanding message of salvation to the whole world. And to be able to teach that to our children, that our salvation is found in Yeshua, is is critical path for us. But teaching our children about morals and values and things that we learn in the Bible is a daily walk with our children and our children's children. And I think that there's mothers out there that want to know how do I reach my kids and how do I how do I make the I can't just hand them a Bible. How are they going to get it? Well, the answer is that there's a journey that we go on in Judaism. And when you add the journey of Israel to the revelation of Messiah, that bipedal motion propels us forward with the love of God. And that's what I want to see for my kids. That's great. And so I I just, I I just got to go back to Jonathan for a moment and I got to hear some more mysteries. The reason is, is I'm getting some sermon material here. So I'm going to, I'll be, I'll be preaching this. And the first time I preach it, I'm going to give you credit for it. Second time I'll say, the Lord showed me this, Uh if you don't mind. And then third time I'll just say, you know, I figured this out, you know, all along. So, so tell me, tell me some more mysteries. Okay. And that links that some of the things that have been lost when you put it back together. This is from in the book of mysteries, but this is something, another thing about Hebrew. Number one is that people don't realize in Hebrew, you know, in English, we have past, present, future. In Hebrew, you actually don't. It actually is timeless in the original Hebrew. There are things that are used to make it, but it really, there's only two tenses, perfect and imperfect. Perfect, imperfect means it's not finished. Perfect means it's finished. But here's the thing. In the Bible, throughout the Bible, God speaks of future events as if they are past and done and finished. Mm-hmm. When Messiah, in Isaiah 53, it's, it's, it's past tense as well as, as everything. It's saying, what, why? There's a secret in Hebrew is you live your life from the perfect. That means you live from the finish. You're not, I'm not trying to become that person. I live from the person I've become. You know, I live from the end. I, I don't live from earth to heaven. I live from heaven to earth. Right. I live from, the secret of living, I fight my, my battle. It is already won. Everything is from the finish. It's all perfect. But one thing I want to share also, that is that, you know, people don't realize in the, the Bible, God gives these holy days. And the holy days are not just for Israel because they speak about Messiah. But I'm going to tell you one, and that's, that is this. There's one day in the Hebrew Bible uh, in, in what God established, and that is that it's the day that ended the winter. It says spring has come, new life has come, the winter is over. The day was called, it, w- it was called the day of the Reshit, or the first fruit. And it happened at a certain time in the middle of Passover. And on that, so on that day, it's saying the, the, the first fruit is lifted up, it said new life, the, the winter is over. That is, for people don't realize that, that is the exact day that Messiah rose as the first fruit, the resurrection on the Hebrew day. God, you know, Messiah did, Jesus did everything on Hebrew days, but he rose saying the winter is over in your life, all that's over. But something more, the word reshit, which means first fruit, he's the first, the first word of the Bible is bereshit, in the beginning. It also mm-hmm. means beginning. And so when they, when they translated, the, the rabbis translated reshit into Greek, they, they came up with the word Genesis. So what that means is, Jesus, the day he rose, he chose to rise, was mm. called the day of Genesis. Mm. It's the new Genesis. It's the new beginning. So it means that no matter what has been, it's the power that everything is new. He is our Genesis. He's our Rashid. He's our it's first phenomenal. fruit. All things are new. That, that's just a little.
Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.